Weird AF News, where we've got your daily dose of weird. State police are looking for an alleged hit-and-run horse and buggy driver. Yeah, you're asking yourself the same question I asked when I read this title. Like, what year is this? (laughs) And then I assumed it happened in Pennsylvania. You're like, why, Jonesy? Why would you assume that it happened in Pennsylvania? Because there's probably more horse and buggies in Pennsylvania than any other state. You're like, Jonesy, why would you say such a cockamamie thing about uh, a demographic of this one particular state? And the answer is, there's Amish there, man. There's so many Amish there. Not that there's so many, but like of all the Amish in the world, most of them are there. By the way, the Amish make amazing kettle corn. I mean, I had some popcorn. I, I, I still think about it to this day. I went to, I went to like a swap meet. I don't know what you even call it. It's a swap meet, I guess, basically in, um, in Pennsylvania. Actually, it was Southern Jersey. And uh, there was some Amish people that make the trip up to the swap meet every weekend. And they set up their little homemade Amish popcorn. And it, they had like so many flavors. I, I had the caramel. I mean, I, it was unbelievable, the popcorn they made. I couldn't believe it. I don't know if of going back hundreds of years, if the Amish just have a, they just got the skill with making popcorn, but fantastic. Highly recommended. Uh, <laughs> not good. They're not good with an iPhone, but they're very good with, <laughs> with kettle corn. So the state police in Paradise, is it Paradise Township, Pennsylvania, Uh, They're looking for the driver of a horse and buggy who allegedly fled the scene of a crash. How do you... They're so slow. I mean, you mean to tell me that the horse and buggy flees the scene and no one can do a damn thing about it? Like, there they go. Oh, I wish I could catch up to them. (laughs) Slow down. The victim was Anna Hostetler. She was driving Tuesday on a Georgetown road when the horse and buggy ran the stop sign... And it looks like it ran into her. She said, I saw, I saw it's not going. I, she said, I saw the horse and buggy wasn't going to slow down, but I couldn't get over too far to avoid it. There was traffic coming. She said the horse's head hit her windshield. It damaged her windshield. The horse and buggy with a woman at the reins and a young girl beside her just kept going, according to Hostetler. The driver, if found, will face charges, obviously. Charges. Do the Amish, I hope the Amish have a good lawyer. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they got some old school lawyer who doesn't believe in laptops. It's just everything's pencil and paper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, a, a horse can do some damage to your vehicle. Now, I, I've never hit one, but I'd imagine, yeah, horse can do damage. Uh, my question is, does a horse and buggy have to register that they have a license plate? Can you like, could, could this woman have gotten out of her car, ran up to the horse and buggy and then wrote down the license plate? Does the horse and buggy have a license plate? That's what I'm, does anybody know anything about horse and buggy registration? <laughs> I don't know shit about this. Uh, but, I mean, the horse and buggy was going... You she could have got out of her car and ran up, ran up to them and be like... And shot video of them. I mean, take a photo. I mean, she could have... How, how much of a getaway are we talking about here? This is like a four-mile-an-hour getaway. This is easy to... This could have been avoided is what I'm saying. You could have called the police right then and there. By the time the police showed up to the scene, the horse and buggy would have been like 1.5 miles away. That's all. You know what I'm saying? This could have been... I don't understand how they got away. I just don't. Uh, now, under normal circumstances, I'd be like, yo, it's going to be hard to find... A, it's going to be easy to find this horse and buggy. It's probably cruising around town. But, like, 
in this area of the state, I would imagine there's probably so many horse and buggies cruising around over here that like I don't even know if you can if it's a guarantee that you're going to find this one. I mean, I just don't unless they're registered, and I don't know how this works. They're on the road with a buggy, horse and buggy. God, I wish I knew more about uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania law. <laughs> oh man, this is a this is a great one. I love this. And I also love the fact that people are still riding around on horse and buggies because that's weird. And I just love to know that I'm not going to make fun of them too bad. You know, it's just like you got to have a certain amount of confidence to get out there on the road in a horse and buggy and not give a shit what people think about you, you know, because, you know, cars are going to be driving by. Get off the road, you idiot. You know, they're probably yelling. (laughs) They're probably screaming like, get a life, old school. And you're just like, nope, I don't care. I'm doing the horse and buggy thing. You know, it's low emissions. And uh, it's, it's one horsepower, so what? I don't care. This gets me where I need to go in the time I need to, to go. I don't even have to go too many places. I'm Amish. Where am I going? I'm going nowhere. You know, I don't have to go to the store and get butter. I make my own goddamn butter. I don't go, have to go to the bank. I don't even have a damn bank. I keep my money in a haystack. I'm Amish. Let's get into some science, because I don't know much about it, and I don't, I don't do too many science stories. North Carolina didn't like science on sea levels and sea level-related research, so they passed a law against it. They're like, yeah, yeah no, you know what? Sea level reporting is now against the law in our state. I got to get to the bottom of this. Uh, when North Carolina got bad news about what its coast could look like thanks to climate change, it chose to completely ignore the data. Uh, the state now is in the path of Hurricane Florence, and uh, they've reacted to a prediction by its Coastal Resources Commission that sea levels could rise by 39 inches over the next century. By passing a law that banned policies based on such forecasts, the legislation drew ridicule, including a mocking segment by comedian Stephen Colbert, who said, if your science gives you a result you don't like, pass a law saying the result is illegal. Problem solved. I don't watch Colbert, but that's really smart. North Carolina has a long, low-lying coastline and is considered one of the U.S. areas most vulnerable to rising sea levels. But dire predictions alarmed coastal developers and their allies who said they do not believe the rise in sea level would be as bad as the worst models predicted and said such forecasts could unnecessarily hit, hurt property values and drive up insurance costs. As a result, the state's official policy, rather than adapting to the worst potential effects of climate change, has been, their policy has been to assume it simply won't be that bad. Instead of forecasts, it has mandated predictions based on historical data on sea level rise. Well, how, how far back is your history going to go with your historical data, quote unquote? Because if you go back 10,000 years, the coastlines after the breakup of the last ice age rose over 300 feet on a global level. Think about that. 300 feet. The amount of land that was inundated by coastlines at the melting of the last glaciation was the equivalent of like the entire country of China which is millions of square miles. That was like the amount of coastland that was inundated. So how far back in history do you want to go? Okay, state of North Carolina. You know, 10,000 years ago isn't that far. And we have the data already. We know what happened. Obviously, we don't have that much glaciation on this planet at the moment. So when the glaciers do uh, subside a little bit, as they clearly are going to, they are as we speak, uh, the oceans will rise. Not 300 feet globally, but something Something probably around, let's guess conservatively and say 50 feet. That's still, more than, <laughs> that's still more than the amount that they've been told that they're denying. And, and why hold back this information on 
you know, it's like, well, it's going to bring down property values. Yeah, okay, sure. Who's hurting there? You know, developers and whatnot, the people that already have a billion dollars anyway. So screw you. I don't care. I'm, I'm looking out for the people that may want to buy a home on the coastline. Like those people should be protected. Screw you and your billions. You'll just buy property somewhere else because you're loaded. What do I give a shit? Insurance companies like I'm supposed to care about insurance. Comp- but what about the insurance companies? Ever since I've been alive, insurance companies have been screwing me. OK, so I'm not very sympathetic to the cares of insurance companies either. What, what I am sympathetic for is people that may be duped into buying coastline property, you know, someplace they want to raise a family in, in an area that may within the next 50 years be flooded. That's important to me. That should be important to all of us. And because the state of North Carolina obviously is in the pockets of corporations and, and uh, you know, land developers and insurance companies, like most politicians, they're not going to admit this and they're not going to protect the citizens because the last thing politicians are going to do is protect the interests of the common people. Hell no. They're too busy, you know, bowing at the altar of the corporations and the insurance companies and, you know, the 1%. I'm sorry, I went off on my little soapbox there, but pff, screw it, man. It's it's. It's, if not completely true, what I'm saying, it's true enough. (laughs) Oh, man. So North Carolina, listen, if you guys are looking to buy North Carolina coastline land, Georgia coastline, Florida, you know, be aware that, uh, know your history, first of all, know what happened in the last deglaciation, and then, uh, you know, make a decision based accordingly on that data. Uh, and, And also take into consideration the data that's coming out now by geological services and stuff like that who are telling people the the deglaciation that's going on now and and what sort of numbers as far as sea level rise comes out of that so i would i would consider these things before deciding to live on the not not deciding to live temporarily but to buy something long term yeah i would be i would look into that and that's just my advice to you and it's it's pretty free this advice i don't know if it's the best advice but it's pretty damn good advice um yeah, I'm a nerd sometimes, and I think I know what I'm talking about, but I could be wrong. And you, you call me and express your view. I mean, some people are denying <laughs> climate change. They're denying that the glaciers are melting. They're denying all these things. And if you, if you are in one, you are in that party, feel free to call Weird AF News and express that. 646-450-2012. You're listening to Weird AF News with Jonesy. Ta-da! How you like me now? I'm in the mix. A San Antonio man throws an axe at a moving train, which bounces back and hits him in the head. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but how would you like to just hang out at the train tracks and wait for the train to come by and and hit it with an axe? (laughs) No, no, shouldn't we use the axe to chop wood? Oh, what are you going to chop wood? What are you, a wuss? No, chop trains. Be a a man up and chop some trains with me. (laughs) But even if we chop up a train, we can't use it for firewood. No, no, that's not the point. The, the point is just to see if you could chop up a train today. It's, it's all about, it's all in the triceps. This is a good workout. <laughs> if you live through it. Uh, shout out to my man Jay in Sacramento for sending me this article. Uh, Jay smokes a lot of weed and this one really made him laugh. And it made me laugh too. Because how do you get, I mean, this is just ridiculous behavior. And uh, you know, just when I think people are as dumb as they can be, they get dumber. All the time, dumber. Is there like dumb juice that's been leaking, seeping into our uh, into our water? That's what I want to know. <laughs> dumb juice. I'm dumb myself. A man taken into custody by authorities 
after San Antonio police said he threw an axe at a moving train, causing the conductor to stop the train. Police said the incident happened at uh, the intersection of Frio City Road and Brady Boulevard. If you guys give a shit, any of you guys live in San Antonio? Is this kind of a thing that you do in San Antonio on a Thursday night? Just get together and try and chop trains with an axe? (laughs) What is going on? You throw spears at axes? I mean, at axes. You throw spears at trains as they go by? When the man threw the axe, police said it bounced off the train and hit him in the head. Did it kill him? I mean, being hit in the head with an axe, that's got to do some damage. He deserved it, by the way, but for sure deserve it. Maybe not deserve to die, but yeah, yeah, you know what? Deserve to die. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. The conductor told the police he stopped the train after believing that he had hit somebody instead, but he said them. After that, the man lived. Apparently, he, he ran down Brady Boulevard and, and was found by emergency medical services lying on the ground. The man later told Union Pacific investigators that he was actually standing on the railroad tracks swinging the axe when he was hit by the train. What a, what a place to swing an axe. What are you, stupid? Where would I swing an axe? I mean... <laughs> First of all, why swing an axe? What are you, what's wrong with you? Are you that bored you got to swing an axe? Put the axe to use. Don't just swing it randomly. What, what kind of maniac are you? And then you don't do it on the train tracks. Look it. We've been told our whole lives by, my, by our mothers not to play on the train tracks. Just sitting on the train tracks. Doing anything. Playing with a yo-yo on the train tracks. Nothing. Don't, don't be on the train tracks. Swinging an axe on the train tracks. What is wrong with you? Drugs involved, guys. Drugs involved. In this, they're not saying that in the article, but I'm going to tell you, it doesn't take a, it doesn't take a CSI detective to tell you that this guy's on major drugs, swinging an axe on the train tracks, just like, unbelievable. He was transported to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. He will later be evaluated physically and mentally. He should be evaluated mentally. Physically, I mean, I think we know. That's, that's easy. Mentally, we need to get to the bottom of this. This is a mental disorder of some sort. A new addiction, maybe? I can picture a new <laughs> a new pill coming out onto the market. Do you <laughs> Do you feel compelled to swing an axe at ongoing large vehicles? Well, take Train Volta or some dumb name. That was terrible. I shouldn't even said that. I'm sorry. Sometimes my improv is not funny. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, look at I never said I was the best. I, you know, I never did that. Also, uh did I forget to tell you that it's, uh, it's the weekend? I think I did. I'm going to tell you in the next segment. Hey, thanks for the call-ins, guys, especially James from Texas, who had the most sweetest call-in. Just makes me, it brings a tear to my eye. It really does um, when, when you guys uh, show appreciation. Um, I'm so grateful. Also, uh, shout-out to James Sacramento and, uh, and Michael from Iowa City, as always. You guys are so funny. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate that. Also want to give a shout out to uh, Ryan and uh, I want to read a little bit of his email because he had a little take on a story that I did. Was it yesterday or the day before um, about eating dog and cat? Uh, Ryan is a chef and I'm, uh, I'm not going to give his last name in case people want to <laughs> because he's got, he's got a kind of a weird, interesting view on it. I don't want anyone to get mad and uh, reach out to him. He said, eating dog and cat. Now, as a chef, it has been a longtime dream of mine to actually go to China or an Asian country where this is practiced. It did come out of necessity. People in certain areas of China used to brag about how they would eat anything. He says, I kind of like that mantra. It's all on the table. He says, panda is my holy grail meat to try. And with advances in lab meat technology, I might actually get to try that in five years without killing one. I would hate to see the, uh, the panda die. 
I would, I would, however, love to see some sort of regulation of this industry. Purchase your cat or dog from a place that has humanely treated the animals to ensure no disease is in the meat and that their death wasn't traumatic. Uh, I had a Korean buddy that told me dog tastes better than beef. Kind of makes us wonder what it tastes like, huh? And so, it, and it makes me wonder uh, and makes me want to ask. Anybody out there have tried dog meat? Uh, you know, you can call in anonymously. I won't, publish, I won't publish your name. You can email me anonymous, anonymously. I won't tell the world who you are. I'm curious, though. What, what does dog taste like? Is it better than, than meat, uh, beef, as, as, uh, as my buddy Ryan has said? Also, I'm very curious about this whole... Uh, I need more information. Maybe I should look this up. But uh, where you can eat... eat uh, he says advances in lab meat technology. You can actually eat meat without, without it... Without killing an animal, so you just make meat in a lab. Is this the future of lab of, of of lab? Is this the future of meat eating? Is this the future of food? This blows my mind. I know nothing about this, and I'm curious. Um, and I, you know, I'm a weirdo, man, and I'll, I'll try anything once, really. So if you made some panda meat in a laboratory, I would try that shit. If you made dog meat in a lab, I would try that shit. And you know. I don't know. If I go to a foreign place, I like to kind of immerse myself in the culture. They might be doing something that normally is weird to me, but I'm like, I got to be open-minded and, and try it. Hey, you know, when in Rome, as they say, there's a reason why that cliche has come about, because it's very true to human behavior. And it's probably a, a very good approach to life in general. When in Rome, you know, unless, of course, people are like cannibals and you're like, all right, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat Larry here, even though you guys are into cannibalism. <laughs> you know, that's just my thing. Uh, also, I want to give a big shout out to Dallas Grant, who, um, who pledged on Patreon. Uh, I, I appreciate that so much. I mean, it makes me so happy when I pull up my Patreon page and I see someone is pledged. Someone became a patron. So Dallas Grant, big shout out to you, man. Big, big, big shout out. You could be a woman. I don't know. Dallas, I've known a guy named Dallas and I've known a, a gal named Dallas. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you're a, a man or a woman, but either way, thank you so much for uh, becoming a Patreon. I really appreciate that. Uh, if you guys want to check out my Patreon yourself, there's a link in the description of the podcast, but you can also go to just patreon.com slash weirdafnews and uh, support weirdafnews. And uh, also you can call in and email me uh, articles all the time I'm being sent. And I love that your comments and your emails that show your appreciation to Weird AF News make me feel so good inside. So please don't hesitate to send me a note, funnyjones at gmail.com. You can DM me at Funny Jones on Instagram and Twitter, or and it's Comedian Jonesy on is, is my Facebook page. Comedian Jonesy, one word. Also, call Weird AF News anytime, 646-450-2012. The weekend is here. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Do something weird and call and tell me. Confess. Confess. What's happening, Jonesy? How are you doing, man? I'm just calling to school you a little bit, you know, just, just learn you, learn you some, some information. Um, first of all, uh, I would like to say, this is regarding the dynamite blowing up case. Um, the chick was younger, and you were saying that it seems as if she had to be older to mistake the dynamite. And I do would like to point out that you did read in the ad that the power was out. So, it is possible that she was looking for this candle in the dark. You know what I mean? In which case, you can't really see what it is. All you see is it's a the thing in the shape of a candle and it has a wick on the end and well let me light it and get some light up in here so I can find the real candle <laughs> but anyways yeah that's probably why she must take the candle for I mean the dynamite for a candle maybe in the first place so she couldn't see it and number two why would somebody have dynamite laying around their house this is a question well it's not really that 
big of a question, and it's not really that hard to fathom. The reason, and I would like to say that this was actually a high possibility, is the fact that the clue that they left in that it was a quarter stick of dynamite. Now, quarter stick of dynamite, not a stick of dynamite. Now, why would they say a quarter stick of dynamite? It's because quarter sticks of dynamite are also referred to as M1000s. These are firecrackers, and they are very explosive firecrackers. They're called M1000s, and they equal a quarter stick of dynamite. So, looking back and knowing what I know, I would imagine that she had leftover fireworks from her badass kids in areas, and they probably put it in a candle drawer, thinking of a prank, who knows, maybe they're going to prank mom, and yeah, she's going to like this this candle, this is going to be funny, ha and uh, maybe they, that's what they did, and they, her kids put an M1000 in the candle drawer, I don't know, but um, that is why probably she had a quarter stick of dynamite in the first place, fireworks, firecrackers, whatever, and the fact that she did light it, maybe because it was dark, I don't know, but yeah, I just wanted to let you learn, yeah, learn yeah, a couple things that, you know, quarter stick of dynamite is also referred to as M1000, and uh, she might not be as much of a moron as you think because it was dark. Okay. This is James Sacramento. Oh, yeah, bro. I have an awesome article I heard yesterday, and I'm going to send it to you today. I want to send it to you yesterday. I forgot. I'll send it to you today, dude. It is hilarious. You're going to love this. Okay, bro. I'm out. Gumzy, you had a fan of yours send you an email and say he's from South Africa. And he said that he loves your stories and that you should come to South Africa. And you said that you would love to go there because all the people speak English. But, Jonesy, you can't come to South Africa. And you know why? Because you're black. Hey, Jonesy, this is James in Texas. Calling just a couple, just to say a couple of things. Uh, first, concerning your dynamite story, and you asked who needs it. Well, you might need it if you're a coyote named Wiley and you're chasing a roadrunner, okay? The other thing I want to say is, um, all you weirdo listeners out there, you ought to go to Jonesy's Patreon and at least contribute a couple of dollars. I think we most of us could do that to help him because Jonesy's a great comedian and he works hard every day to give us a lot of laughs and a lot of smiles. I think it's worth it. So I'm a Patreon giver. I don't make a lot, but I think it's worth it because it makes us happy, okay? There's not a lot of happiness out there these days. So, hey, Josie, you keep up the good work, okay? Have a good one. Take care.